guy here just in the nick of time. What does that make us? Big damn heroes, sir. Ain't we just? You're looking at 18 months for the stolen car, five years for impersonating a federal officer, or you can go home. What do you want? Get close to Hampton. A one, a two, a you-know-what-to-do. This would be an empty world without the blues. I try to take that emptiness and fill it up with something. But they want to call me Mother Blues. That's all right with me. It don't hurt none. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM, the film and TV radio show where a handful of film enthusiasts shoot the breeze about all things film and television. I'm Marcus Akko and I want to talk about Judas and the Black Messiah. Welcome, I'm producer Dave. I'm ready and waiting to talk about Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, and also, I noticed you changed your name again. It's gone from Marcus I, E. Echo to Marcus I know, Echo. I know. So, so the thing is, I, 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 I haven't changed it. It is, I, it is Marcus E. Echo. It is there, Marcus E. Echo. But I said it and I missed the E. And I just while I was saying it and I was talking, I, my brain was like, dude, you forgot the E. And it's like, did I forget the E? Yes, you forgot the E. And that's the whole conversation that my brain's having right now, talking to itself while my mouth just carries on moving, which is pretty <laughs> much what happens with me. Um, so yeah, I'm still Marcus E. Akko. It's just, I, slip of the tongue, I left the E. The E's resting. The E's on Clubhouse right now. That's why. <laughs> right, okay, that's good because occasionally I turn and I say, producer Dave and sometimes I say David Campbell it's just like well okay all the same person. exactly Spe speaking of Clubhouse and I know we will talk we will talk about um, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah uh, in a few minutes uh, after we do our film and TV news in fact but that's going to be kind of part of the film and TV news section um, but um, producer Dave have you gone on Clubhouse yet I've heard about it um, I understand you have to be invited to go into it. So that's why yes. I haven't gone on to it because no one's invited me. I was supposed to have been invited, but uh, that invitation hasn't come through yet. So no, I haven't. Was that from me? Uh, no, it was from someone else. But if you can invite me, then fuck. <laughs> okay, I, I can definitely invite you. I can definitely invite you. I was thinking, I was like, oh no, did I, did I say I was going to invite you and I haven't? Uh, because that would be something I've done. So for those people who don't know what Clubhouse is, and we're not promoting it or selling it or whatever, Clubhouse is, uh, it's, it's kind of like a new face, it is, it's a new social media apparatus uh, that is at the moment only on iPhones. It's supposedly going to be going on to Android pretty soon. But what it is, is essentially is a, is a networking session. It's like you go into rooms where various people have various topics that they discuss and it ranges across the gamut. You have financial advisors going on there talking business. You have arts talking arts. You have people having fun doing uh, pop-up karaoke sessions. You have others doing trivial pursuit and so on. So it's, it's across the gamut, right? 
And it's literally a case where people are talking in, it's like a podcast that you could just go in and listen to. And uh, I got invited uh, into the phenomenon, into a room by my brother, Ella Akko. I had no idea about it. He just said, have you heard about Clubhouse? I was like, no. And he invited me and I jumped on. And at first I was like, this, this is not sustainable because yeah, you have millions of rooms. Okay, maybe not millions, hundreds of thousands of rooms that are set up, right? And you can pick which one you want to go into. And it's literally just a case of walking through a house party, just opening up a door and seeing like five people sitting and then having a conversation about something and a whole bunch of people are sitting on beanbags listening to these people holding court in the middle and one of them might raise their hand and then they get pulled up into the middle and have a conversation and they can join in the conversation and then you walk out of that room go into the next room and you see a whole bunch of other people uh, and I don't know why in my head I'm imagining university house parties where one room is like pot smokers and the other room it's like people drinking and whatnot and doing like uh, beer pong and so on but that's kind of what it's like so I thought this was not sustainable because at the end of the day it, it's just it, too much but i was completely wrong because it is it is it's and i've i'm and now slightly kind of addicted to it which is a problem because you have rooms that are going uh, essentially the, the platform is global so it's um it's 24 hours it's 24 7 whatever whatever time you wake up you go onto the app and they're going to be like five or six rooms that suit your you know preference your your favorites right and they'll be running different people, hundreds of people in this one room. And it goes, and I've heard one, one person in particular, I can't remember his name, but he was running a film about, uh, uh, a room about film networking. And that room ran for six hours. Uh, and it's, I, I, find, I, think, I think it's great. I've been using it over the last few days where I've just been popping into different rooms. Uh, I, I'm, I'm considering setting up a shoot the breeze room where we can have something like that, but it's not there yet. The, the, the concept is in my head. I'm working on it. And I'm, what I'm also trying to do is, I don't want it just to be uh, shoot the breeze. I'm thinking of possibly collaborating with a number of other friends of the show and we can do like a united front kind of thing. Maybe make something entertaining like a, a movie trivia game room or something like that. But yeah, yeah, producer Dave, I'm going to send you an invite uh, straight after this call, and okay. then we can and, and and we can we can be Clubhouse buddies. So, well, yeah. I, I could see the attraction of Clubhouse, especially as a lot of people are in lockdown. You know, going for six hours, you saying, "Doesn't this person have work?" Well, that might have been his work during the, during the lockdown. One question I do have is: Is it easy to set up a room? And also, if there it's only on an app on. Apple at the moment, and they're thinking about going to Android. Can you get it on your computer? So that's those are very good questions. Um, and I'm now the spokesperson for Clubhouse, um, <laughs> but I'll, I'll 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 run through I'll run through some of those answers. Very quick answers because we need to jump into the next bit, which is going to be film and TV news, and then we'll do our spotlight, which is going to be a filmmaker that is uh, working on her first film, uh, and we'll talk about her in a second. But let me answer your questions. So first question that you ask: Can anybody go and find a room? I believe so. I believe. Any room you want to look, anything that you're interested in, you can go and do a search and you will find somebody who has set up a room and, and, and you can jump into that room. Um, alternatively, I see people, I, you can actually start a room yourself. Uh, and it's, it's funny that this app is only one year old. It celebrated its first birthday yesterday. It, it, it's been going on for a year. And to have such a global success, such global success for just one year, is amazing, right? 
um, it, and they are, they are talking about having plans to move on to Android. And to the other question, no, you can only have it on your phone. You can't have you can have it on iPhone or your iPad. You can't have it on the PC yet. I believe in the next three years, they would have it on Android and you'd also be able to access it on your laptop, your, your computers, your Macs, et cetera, which will, then make, which will then make it as big as Facebook. Because I've heard a lot of people on in various rooms saying that Clubhouse has replaced them listening to podcasts because the whole thing about podcasts, no one can interact with that. However, this is something that's going to be live if people are interested in, they can jump into the room and have conversations with the guests, with the panelists, with the uh, moderators and so on. So I think it's actually going to be big. Anyway, I'll, I'll stop talking about Clubhouse because Clubhouse aren't paying us to 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 to, um, to promote them. But let us know what you think. If you if you think it's a great idea, if you think that you're if you're on Clubhouse and you want to interact with us on Shoot the Breeze, just go on to uh, Instagram, Shoot the Breeze Show, send us a message, say, yes, we're, we, we're on Clubhouse, we'd like to see you there, and we'll try and set up a room, and then we can all chat together, and that would be great. Well, my only, cons- my only concern after what you said is um, too many people suffering from FOMO, you know, fear of missing out, and actually being really, really addicted to it and not doing anything else. So, but, no, but that, that, you're absolutely right about that. You are absolutely right about that. Maybe we can discuss that um, on another section, we'll, what we'll do is we'll get another guest who's who's currently using uh, Clubhouse. I know a number of people I can invite to come on the show and we'll have a conversation with them and we'll ask them about FOMO on Clubhouse. But, um, you know, let's let's jump in and carry on with the show. You're listening <laughs> to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. I'm producer Dave. And in our spotlight session, we're going to be talking with Sarah Alves, who's going to be talking about her film, uh, The Haunted film or it's called haunted we'll be talking about that in a few minutes but before then let's jump into film and tv news So the uh, American Academy Awards, also known as the Oscars, they released their nominations this week, actually, early this week. And the the award ceremony is going to be virtual, again, because of COVID and the lockdown. It's going to be presented by Pranka Chopra and Nick Jonas, which is weird, but it's fine. I have no problems with that. But anyway, they've, they've released the nominations. Let's We're going to go through some of the major categories. We'll go through all of them. Uh, Producer Dave, have you seen some of the films that have been nominated yet? Actually, um, I can honestly say I've only seen maybe, maybe two yeah, uh, same here. Same here. Uh, this, as we're about to go through it now, it's pretty much the first time I've seen it in detail. So we'll start with best picture. We have The Father, which has um, Anthony Hopkins and ooh, I, uh, Olivia Coleman, I believe, is in it. Next one, Judas and the Black Messiah, which we have seen. Yeah, Mank, which is on Netflix with Gary Oldman. Minari, which I'm not sure what that is. Nomadland, which uh, I've heard a little bit about it. Promising Young Woman, which I've heard about, and I think from Ajevs uh, with Kerry Mulligan. Sound of Metal, which I've heard about, I haven't seen it yet. And The Trial of the Chicago Seven, which I have seen because it's on Netflix. Producer Dave, which of those have you seen? Judas and the Black Messiah. Judas and the Black Messiah. That's the I, only one you've seen. Yeah, that's the only one I've seen. I didn't realize that The Trial of the Chicago Seven. No, in actual fact, I knew it was on Netflix. I just haven't gotten around to seeing it, so... Yes, that has Sachin Baron Cohen um, and a number of other people in it as well. 
I really enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed that film um, because it it tells of, um, it's been a while since I've seen it, but it, it's a court case that results from uh, it, the prosecution of a number of people who uh, had organized a demonstration in America uh, that turned into a riot. And so the uh, the leaders of the, of, the, of the demonstration were pretty much hold in front of in court and it's just the circus that happened around it but i really enjoyed it i thought sasha bancorn was amazing in it um as well as some of the other actors that pop up but but I, you know you know me i'm gonna jump in and say i want judas and the black messiah to to take it because i thought that was a punch in the stomach it was a it was a good good film it was a very well executed film by shaka king what do you think um, well, we're going to talk about it a bit later. So, yeah, I, of course, I yes. very much, well, I, I very much, I very much enjoyed it. But um, there, there is something about it that um, is kind of annoying me, and I think we'll 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 get to it. We'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about we'll it in a few minutes. No, no, no. We'll get so, to anyway, it in so a few those, minutes those... because it's part and parcel of um, the, the nomination. So when when you get there, then I'll turn around and say to you, say to you what is annoying me about it. Okay, so so we'll talk we'll talk about that part. Okay, oh, I see, I think I know where you're going. I yeah, think exactly. exactly. I know where you're going. So we we've got a few more categories to go through. Uh, best actress: we have Viola Davis from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Andra Day from The United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby from Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand from Nomad Land, and Kerry Mulligan from A Promising Young Woman. Now, out of those ones that are there. The United States versus Billy Holiday is on my list. It's on Sky Cinema at the moment. I'm, I'm, I am going to go and watch that later on this weekend. Uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, I've already seen that. I'll come to it in a second. And Promising Young Woman, I've seen uh, clips of it and I've pretty much been told the story because of something that I watched, which I, maybe I shouldn't have. I should watch wait for the film. Um, so if, for me personally, I personally think Viola Davis is going to take it. And the reason why I think Viola Davis is going to take it is two reasons. One, Marini Black, uh, Marini's Black Bottom was a, oh, was a powerful movie. Have you seen, have you seen Marini's Black Bottom? No, Chris? not yet. It's, it's on my list to actually watch, but uh, I haven't, just haven't got around to it yet. And I'm actually surprised that they, considering the nominations, that didn't actually get into the Best Picture nomination category. You're, you're right. I, 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 you're, you're absolutely right with that. Um, I don't know why it didn't go into Best Picture nomination. It's obvious why Viola Davis got uh, picked as Best Actress because she just she, she dominates that movie. Even, even without her, it, it's, it's essentially a stage play, right? So it's a stage play uh, that, is, that is performed. It's about uh, um, this the uh, Ma Rainey, who is a blues singer. I think based on 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 a, on, a, on Ma Rainey, who's actually a real or she was back in the I'm gonna say 20s, and I've seen uh, maybe 40s, maybe between 20 and 40s in um, America. And she was a very popular blues singer. And it, the whole film is set on one day where she's supposed to go and record at a at a white record label. And you see the dynamics that occur in, in that little thing where she is known as this temperamental diva who doesn't want to, uh, you know, she, she, she wants everything going her way. She's always late. She always, even when she arrives, she doesn't want to perform and so on and so forth. And it's built up while that's going on. You then see her band um, in the background getting ready 
And that's where Chadwick Boseman comes in and we'll talk about him in just a second. Um, and you see they're talking about her and about life and so on and so forth. And it, it is, it's a great movie. Just if you, you have time and I'm gonna recommend, even though it's on Netflix and you can see Netflix on your phone and you can move around and do stuff, don't. Sit down, watch it on a bigger screen because you'll get to see performances and emotion that swing past. I don't know why Ma Rainey isn't in a best picture category, but Viola Davis is definitely secured in that best actress. And I'm putting money down that she's gonna take the Oscar. Um, okay, let's move to the next one, which is best actor. Uh, we've got Riz Ahmed in Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins in The Father, Gary Oldman in Mank, and Stephen Yuen in Minari. Have you seen any of the, I take it you haven't seen any of those films? No, nope, I haven't seen any of these ones either, yeah. Okay, so I haven't seen any of these, well, apart from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, I haven't seen the others. Um, again, if I were to give, I, I, my predictions are always gonna be wrong, so take whatever I'm saying with a pinch of salt. Um, Riz Ahmed, I've heard, and I've, I've been hearing about Sound of Metal for a very long time. Uh, if, I, if, I, he, if I've connected it correctly, it is, it's along the same kind of themes. It's obviously a different story, but the same sort of um, effect as something like, oh, what was that film? Uh, Whiplash. Uh, Whiplash with, um, again, names, J.K. Simmons and the other guy that was in the uh, Divergent movies and so on and so forth. I can't remember his name. But uh, yeah, so Riz Ahmed is a drummer. I don't re remember the, the, full of the, story, the full synopsis of the story, but I've heard that he is really really good in it and i love riz ahmed in anything i've seen him in i don't think he's going to win it though i think chadwick boseman is going to take it for ma rainey's black bottom two reasons one yes it is because he's dead that's uh, that, that well i'll get that out of the way it is because chadwick boseman is dead so there is a lot of the sympathy vote that's going to go in that direction however it is well earned it's the Seath ledger and and the joker where he He's in this comic book movie as this comic book character and he blows everybody away because of that performance. He can die his emotion behind the actor and the character pushed for that film to become nominated, pushed for him to be nominated and he won posthumously, uh, posthumously uh, for that particular role. I think the same thing because if you watch Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, it is essentially Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman. It's those two people who rock that film. Everybody else is great in their own individual supporting character roles, but Chadwick Boseman as uh, the trumpeter with ambition who wants to escape from under Ma Rainey's shadow, he is just, you can see the visceral energy that just comes from him with his performance and as when uh, uh, Michael Amaria a friend of the show and friend of mine for a while he's the one who recommended I go and see the film he sent me a screenshot and said this is in the this is the reaction from the actors when he's given his particular speech no context whatsoever just that when you see that speech coming and you see him perform uh, he's going to win it that's what I think Okay. Anyway, I mean, the, let, the one thing about that I'll say is that I did see a an interview with uh, Viola Davis, and they did talk a little bit about Chaz, Chadwick Boseman. And what came out of her mouth kind of shocked me at the time. And then when I list, when I saw like replayed it in my mind, I agreed with her. Chadwick Boseman 
was a character actor. He got he gets into his character roles really, really deeply. And she said that he wasn't interested in being a star. He was interested in building really good characters for his character roles. And for all the films I've seen him in, um, the, his character is one of the ones that is the most fleshed out. And it, it always impacts on the other actors in the films as well, because if he's bringing such gravitas or whatever word you want to use to, the, to his role, it encourages them to step up their game, to be quite honest. And uh, it's one of the things I've noticed about quite a few of the films I've seen back from him. So I can, I'll take on board everything you say and I'll have a look at the film very shortly. I would, I'd highly recommend that you do. And I, I think he's going to take it. I think both of them are going to take, and that's, it's, I think that's going to be, um, I, I, I don't know if, I don't know if Halle Berry and Denzel Washington won it. I think they did. They won it in the same they year, did. didn't they? They so they, they did. So Denzel Washington took uh, for training day and Halle Berry took for Monster's Ball. So I think it's going to be a, it's going to be the same situation that occurs where Viola Davis is going to take it. Uh, and that's going to be the history thing, right? It's going to be, oh, it's not actually, no, it's not the history thing because I'm sure it's been done. I think it happened with American Beauty where the, the, the lead, lead actor and lead actress took from the same movie so we'll see we'll see how it goes anyway you're listening to shoot the breeze on resonance 104.4 fm i'm marcus e Ako. and i'm producer dave and it's for the upcoming academy awards uh, or, or the oscars and we now look, we'll look at two more categories and then we'll talk about judas and the black messiah just before we uh, we, we wrap up so uh, best supporting actress maria bakalova from borat's subsequent movie film We'll talk about that in a second. Glenn Close, Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman, The Father, Amanda Seyfried, Mank, and Yu Jun Hun, Hun for Minari. Now, I've seen Borat's subsequent movie. I haven't, I haven't seen, seen any, any of the others. Producer Dave, which ones have you seen? I'm sorry, I haven't seen any of them. Because, um, well, Borat and his mankini didn't appeal. All <laughs> <laughs> right. I've seen, the only one in that list I've seen is Borat's subsequent movie film. Now, Maria Bakalova being nominated for the Oscar. Um, okay, l- let me say this. I, I will. I will put. I will put the negative before I put the positive. The negative is I, I don't. I I think there are other characters, other um, actresses in other movies that deserve a spot on that list. However, her performance in Borat's subsequent movie film is phenomenal. <laughs> she is amazing. She, I mean, obviously Sasha Baron Cohen being Borat, we've seen it before. We know it. We expect it. I, I saw from the very beginning when um, the Borat, when it was a TV show, when it was the, you know, the little um, side sketch in the Ali G show and in the Channel 4 show before it became a movie, right? So I've seen Borat. I've seen everything he's done. Yes, he can still shock and still do whatever, but I see that. I know what that character is. When, when Maria Bakalova comes in as Borat's daughter, she she brings emotion, she brings humor, she just throws herself into it. It's like this Oscar is literally for for what um, Sasha Baron Cohen does, right? Where we know that he can just go out and does, he's fearless, right? We know he can go in public and risk 
almost being killed just for his comedic whatever, right? So we expect that from him. But Maria Bakalova going in and doing that was so brave, right? It was, and, and I know that word gets thrown around, but you, you need to see the film to see what I'm talking about, right? She's she, with, without, with, with a straight face, she steps out there and she does, she gives it her all. So while I would say that there are other roles that would actually deserve this position, I'm happy she's gotten this uh, nomination. And I hope her career just excels and just, just shoots into the stratosphere because of this nomination, not even because of the nomination, because of the film itself, because she did an amazing job. And I hear she's currently shooting a film, I can't remember which director, so she's actually, she is getting more work and she's getting uh, she's getting higher in status. So I, I recommend, yeah, I definitely think she did a, an amazing job. I personally think, however, that it would be either Glenn Close or, or Olivia Coleman that would take that particular role. Um, it, I think it's the same kind of thing as when, what's her name in, uh, Bridesmaids. Uh, I can't remember her name. She was in Bridesmaids. She used to be in Mike and Molly. Her name escapes me. She got nominated for Bridesmaids because she's she was strong comedic performance in that role. She got nominated, but she didn't win. I think this is the same kind of thing. Maria has been nominated. I don't think she's going to win both the serious roles. Um, so I think Olivia Coleman or Glenn Close will pick that. Finally, let's look at Best Supporting Actor, and her co-star in Borat's sub subsequent film is in there, but for uh, The Trial of, the, of Chicago 7, Sasha Baron Cohen, Daniel Kaluuya for uh, This is the Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami, Paul Rassi, I think it's Rassi, for Sound of Metal, and Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah. Now we're gonna open this up to the Judas and the Black Messiah conversation because David, I believe you have something that you would like to get off your chest. Yeah, I, I'm, well, we've had this discussion already and I was saying that for me, the, the main focus of the film, the main protagonist actually is uh, played by Lakeith. Yeah. So I couldn't understand why he's up for a best supporting actor Oscar and not a best actor Oscar to be quite honest I mean yes it, 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 it was, that's a feeling that he also expressed when he was given the news he put on Twitter it was like uh, according to me and a number of people who've seen the film I'm supposed to be the protagonist of the movie but hey oh I think it's one of those kind of things where he's not gonna he's not gonna gripe being nominated being Oscar nominated right so well no he's not gonna gripe but I'm gonna turn around and I'm just looking at it and thinking to myself what on earth are you thinking about? I mean, yes, they've got two bites of the cherry in the same category, but you know what? Even even the film itself, um, when we had the um, the preview, what they were pushing for was for him to go for best best actor, and for Daniel to get best supporting actor. Instead, they got two best supporting actors. I mean, I, I don't, I do not understand that one at all. I, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, to be honest, here's, here's the thing. Um, even saying he, they have two bites at the cherry, it's, it's, it's one of those kind of things where it's, it feels to me like one of those snap decisions that have been made without properly thinking about it. But everyone, as soon as the decision has been made on the, on the surface level, everyone says, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's just go with it. Next subject, please. Here's what I mean by that. Um, let's start with the best act, act, actor category. First of all, on the, outs, on the outside, you, you've already had the Golden Globes being massively accused of, um, of you know, being totally white, right? The Golden Globes, so white situation, right? So 
you can imagine that the Academy Awards don't want to be referred to again as Oscars So White, which happened a couple of years ago. So their idea was, look, we're going to look for some great performances and we're going to put them together. Add that now with a situation where you have Chadwick Boseman, who is in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, gave an amazing performance in that film. And so they say, you know what? We don't care. We're going to have to give this role, you know, the, 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 the award to him. So he has locked up that particular category. So who else are you going to put in there? So you put in all the other people, Riz Ahmed, Anthony Hopkins, Gary Oldman, Stephen Yuen. Stephen Yuen now having broken history, or not broken history, he's, he's made history by being the first uh, Asian actor to be nominated as best actor. So that's, that's that bit that's there. So that checkbox has been ticked. So now they have this submission of Lakeith Stanfield from um, Judas and the Black Messiah and Daniel Kulia from the same film. Uh, and they're presenting it and said, look, for your consideration, these two people, one is best actor, one is best actress, as well, best actress, best supporting actor. Um, and then the decision makers of the Academy have just gone, okay, we know that we've already locked up best actor for Chadwick Boseman. We know that we have all these other people that we want to give those, you know, the nominations to at least just to fill that category. We can only give it to five people. So uh, we can argue that Judas and the Black Messiah, essentially the two of them can could easily be considered as being the lead. And, you know, we, we don't want to have to split that. We could, because both of them could be considered as the lead, then both of them could also be considered as supporting actors. And so let's just throw the both of them in as a supporting actor category and chuck that in there and it's done. Now, that's the reason why I'm saying there wasn't much thought beneath the surface level, because if you go with that sort of reasoning, it makes sense. You'd say, yeah, okay, it's fine. You chuck it there. It's a free for all in the best supporting character, best supporting actor category. Any one of them could win, no problem. But the, the problem with that is, had you taken, had they taken Lakeith Stanfield and put him in the best actor category, even if they already had that locked as Chadwick Boseman, it doesn't matter. At least Lakeith Stanfield is being recognized correctly for the role that he's performed. Because he, you're right, he is the protagonist of the movie, right? Again, and I, when you messaged me the first time, I said, it's kind of, it, it, it's reminiscent of Last King of Scotland, where who was the protagonist in Last King, King of Scotland? It was actually James McAvoy's character. We're seeing the movie through James Mac, McAvoy character's eyes. He's the one who goes to Uganda and meets Idi Amin, right? Idi Amin played by Forrest Whitaker but it was Forrest Whitaker who was put as the best actor and he won the Oscar for best actor because of his performance. If you take that same movie and compare it with Judas and the Black Messiah, it's the same sort of dynamic. Um, uh, Lakeith Stanfield is actually the protagonist. However, the focus of the movie is the Black Messiah, is Daniel Kaluuya. But Daniel Kaluuya was submitted for best supporting actor. So that's the kind of twist, right? So then they, again, the, the Academy have looked at history and they've gone back to something like, um, uh, what is it? They've gone back to that example of the last King of Scotland. And they said, John, uh, James McAvoy was best supporting actor. And so Lakeith Stanfield 
can potentially be best supporting actor. While Daniel Kuluya has not been submitted to be best actor, he's been submitted to be best supporting actor. And so we can keep him as that. So on that surface level, that's why it's done that way. That, in my opinion, is the reason why both Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel Kuluya are in there as best supporting actor, because that's how it's been done. Uh, but that, you know, that's just my opinion. I am not part of the uh, Academy yet, fingers crossed. Uh, so I don't know. Either way, I see Best Supporting Actor. I see Daniel Kuluya taking it. I don't think any of the, I, I think the others weren't as, I mean, yeah, they were good, but Daniel Kaluuya is a powerhouse in that movie. I know I've used that word quite a lot in this episode, but Daniel Kaluuya just, he, he represented for the UK, man. It's like that dude showed unbelievable talent just morphing into this character. Right. If you compare the two other, the other movie that both of them were in, which is Get Out, both Lakeith Stanfield and yeah. Daniel Kaluuya were in Get Out. Right. You see Daniel Kaluuya's performance as Chris in Get Out compared to his performance in Judas and the Black Messiah. Two completely different people. Amazingly done. Daniel Kaluuya is going to he's going to win that Oscar. He's going to deserve it. Um, and I think um, Lakeith Stanfield should have been nominated as best actor. He wasn't. But I don't think that he's really knocking that as much because at the end of the day, he still has an Oscar nomination. So he's going to deserve it. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Akko. I'm still producer Dave. And this is Spotlight. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm producer Dave. And with us today is a filmmaker who has just completed the goal on her Indiegogo campaign for a feature film. Please tell us your name and the name of the film that that you're working on. Hi, I'm Sarah Alves. Um, I'm a filmmaker and I'm doing a short film thriller called Haunted. Excellent, Sarah. Uh, so t- tell us tell us about this film. Let's, let's talk about the film first, then we'll go into the crowdfunding campaign and then everything else from that. So tell us, what is the film about? So the film touches a lot of contemporary topics such as Stockholm Syndrome, mental health, sexual repression, guilt, desires. So a lot of very contemporary topics and themes that you know a lot of people should talk about and and we will talk about in the film so the film is literally uh, about a stockholm syndrome victim called lana uh that replicates the actions of her abuser by becoming like a huntress of men and she only knows intimacy through torture and until she meets one man called steve who resembles like her abuser and um she wants to she wants him to continue her legacy so he needs to have a choice between joining her um or killing her and releasing himself uh, from her so it's kind of like a evil good and evil situation which is very a lot of tension in the air and it's it's very interesting and it's very um how can I say there's like a duality between uh, the reality and the dream world and the subconscious so it's it's very interesting (laughs) and you're credited as the director and creator uh, so tell us uh, what inspired you 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 came up with the idea what inspired the idea for you 
Well, I've been, I'm a fan of thriller films. Um, so <laughs> I'm the kind of person that watches them all. I love American Psycho. I love Gone Girl, Blue Velvet, Penny Dreadful. I just love it uh, with Evergreen. Um, so I've always been inspired by these films and I never had the chance to do a thriller before. And I used uh, some of the things, I come from a very conservative country. I'm, I come from Portugal and, and in terms of sexuality, women and don't express so much or they're kind of very repressive about it um so i always wanted to do a film that we will talk about these desires and these kind of dark uh, fantasies and and combining that with um with another mental health uh, syndrome that would be very interesting to combine both and see what happens and having like a woman in charge and more empowered than the men, it was also something interesting that I wanted to explore uh, because, you know, in a lot of thriller films, you, you have the damsel in distress and the girl who's a very nice girl that is corrupted by this man who can be like a vampire or a sensual uh, killer. And here it's completely the opposite. Like we, we flip the roles uh, completely. So it's something that it's different, um, but with a lot of topics that people just heard about as well. So, and make it sensual as well, making mental health sensual, which is something that uh, Pavinda, my producer, she's amazing. She she works in NHS, she's a psychiatrist. And um, she, uh, she also liked the project because of that uh, part of it, because a lot of mental health films, they're, they're very dark and they don't explore this kind of sensuality in it. And, and in this, we go to that realm, a bit like vampirish, glamorous kind of realm. That makes perfect sense. And I, I do want to, because as you, you were describing it, um, looking into the project as well, there might be an element I want to talk about with regards to how you cross into the fantastical aspect of the film. Uh, but I want to sort of concentrate on the idea first. So you had the concept, you created the concept, and then you teamed up with uh, the with the writer, uh, yes. Sidoni Calvert. Am I, yes. am I correct? Yes, yeah, yes. She's great. about that collaboration. So I met her, I, I, I studied at Met Film School uh, directing and I met her there. And it's funny because after like years, many years after, I still contact with the school, I still work with the school and I met Sidney. She, she won um, Smart Screen Awards as well with her script. So she already won a lot of awards with the script. So I always wanted to work with her. I didn't know her personally. So it was something that I've seen her work a lot, but I never had the chance to. So we kind of combine forces. And she does a lot of dark humor, like dark comedy. Um, and she never had done like us. I, I don't think she has done like a thriller thriller. And she wanted to explore that side with, with a dark, with that dark humor. So I felt like it was a good, uh, a good partnership. And she, it was great because she, she gave me idea. Like I had this idea, of course, I had some scenes in my head, but it was very visual. Like I direct, I'm not a writer. So it was very visual and she was able to translate and give, life to it and uh, she was able to do the the dialogue scenes which is always something that blocks me like I always see everything visual because most of the film is very visual but there are parts that they need to speak and I didn't know exactly what the best words to translate those emotions and she was really spot on on that and I, it was lovely. No that's good I mean it's great to be able to find somebody you can connect with 
uh, they will be able to express the ideas that you have in your head. I understand what you mean uh, by being very visual, so you know exactly what it is, the framing, how you want that scene to play out, camera, you know, tracking movements, etc. But it's just getting the words out that becomes problematic. I exactly. totally get that. <laughs> You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. Producer Dave. Uh, Producer Dave, have you got a question you want to ask? Well, yes, it's about something that um, Sarah mentioned just at, well, just before we started recording that, to be quite honest. It's, um, you said you were a voice act, actress. So two questions related to that. One, are you going to be in this film as you are an actress? And two, um, how did you become a voice actress? It's really funny, that question. I mean, it was interesting that you, you, you mentioned because... Um, I'm working with an amazing DOP. She's also a woman. I don't know. I have loads of women in my crew. Um, it's not on purpose because well, the first lady is not is a man. But um, for some reason, I just surround myself uh, and then ended up like with women. And it's really nice because the film is is about a woman, so it it makes all the sense. And the DOP Sarah Tyranian, she came to me and she said, "When I read the script, I thought that this was you, like the main character." And I'm like, "No, no, no." <laughs> I was like, I never thought I, I was, you know, I, I'm a bit always concerned, like being director actors. I mean, I know a lot of people do, but I, I'm not sure completely if I should take the lead role. I just feel like a bit too much, you know, if I take two roles at the same time. And I, th I think I wouldn't feel so uh, prepared to, to, to watch, you know, the monitor, to watch the actors, because you need a lot of attention to the actors. There are actors that they can do both. And they're amazing. Maybe one day I will, like, I don't put that aside, but I think in this one, I would prefer to be on screen and give support to the actors and direct the actors because it's such a deep um, theme, you know, to talk about that I, I wanted to be there. And there's so many scenes like, it's not too gorish, but it has like some stunts, it has some blood in it. So I didn't want to, like, I had to be really on top of things and we have limited time. So um, probably not in this time, but I might, because that was an idea of my casting director, the, you know, Verity Apton, she's great. She, we are doing casting at the moment. So maybe we can talk about that later because I can open the casting. Um, she told me maybe you can appear in the end because at the end I don't, I don't want to spoil it there was one girl that appears that is not the main lead maybe a cameo like you know if you're at the end and <laughs> that could be great um, that would be yeah exactly like 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 because it's just a fraction you know like a second is not like a lot of things but it could it could be fun um voice acting i mean i i started as so i have directing and acting in my background so i i started as an actress before um i did a lot of like theater so it's like physical theater it was my thing and then i wanted to do screen and then my dream is one day if i direct either direct or act in a tv series i just love tv um and, uh, and now I'm doing more voice acting because of the pandemic itself. I mean, I feel like I feel safer. I know that there's loads of productions going on um, and, you know, and, and productions didn't stop. Um, but I always feel a bit unsafe. Like I did a few like commercials and stuff, but I always felt a bit unsafe, even though everybody's like with masks and everything. Just I feel sometimes people don't, you know, I mean, this kind of stuff. So I felt like voice was actually a good path to follow now especially now 
And I did one film that I had to do eight voices uh, called Shut Up. Um, and it's also about mental health and like the objects, each object has a voice. And it was so interesting to do those voices that I was like, well, this is like opens up another possibility to, to work in voice. And I started in uh, radio, like my first job was in radio. Um, I wasn't the host, but I was just doing filming on a radio station in Portugal. Um, and I, I always liked radio as well. Like, so voice that's that's why we're that's why we're on here as uh, as producer dave often tells me off off uh, off air i have the perfect face for for radio uh but i love that question <laughs> I, I love that question that uh producer dave had asked because as soon as he asked the question some of the answers that you gave just unlocked a torrent of questions that i want to ask and i do want to ask i just want to do a quick uh um plug on shoot the breeze uh, th this is shoot the breeze on resonance 104.4 fm i'm marcus e Ako, and i'm producer dave and we're speaking with uh sara alves who's the writer and creator of uh, the film which has just been it was it's recently uh crossed its uh its target goal on indiegogo the film is called haunted it's a thriller it's a as you said psychosexual uh thriller or thriller uh, dealing with uh, stockholm syndrome uh, and mental health and stockholm syndrome and, and sexual repression um so producer they've asked a question about you being a voice actor putting yourself in it in in the movie and immediately it's it opened up a whole bunch of questions i wanted to ask you as a director and an actor that you're planning on doing that now before i ask about you putting yourself in the role and what you what advice you would give to other directors for example maybe me uh who is about to do a film who wants to be in it as well uh, i want to i want to jump to your dop uh, so uh, Sarah Teheri, um sorry, what, what was your, the name of your DOP again? T T Sarah Terranian. Terranian, sorry, Sarah yeah. Terranian. <laughs> so um, you mentioned earlier that this is there's going to be a fantastical element to the to the film, and that's obviously now Sarah's domain where she's going to present that visual. I know it's your 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 creation. She's the one who has to execute that creation uh, as the DOP, the director of photography getting that fantastical vision across. What sort of discussions have you had with her and what suggestions has she given to, to add to that element that makes it more visual? Well, she has loads of ideas, which I, I love um, because, you know, when, when we start a project, it's like a baby and it's really nice to have other people being excited and committed to, to that baby, which is the film. Um, yeah, she gave loads of ideas, especially because there's uh, so many like dream sequences in the film that it's not the reality and we need to separate reality from um, from what happens in their minds. Um, and she gave me just a few ideas, like even in terms of um, the lighting, you know, the types of lenses that we could use, like baby lenses, apparently they can, you know, distort reality and make it like more beautiful or some kind of filters uh, that, that, that can make that as well. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and she also gave a few ideas, like even for the script itself, uh, that I was like, mm, I never thought about that. That would be interesting as well to to, to add uh, to make it more crazy the dreams because the, you know you know we don't want the dreams to be um, exactly real. I mean, we, we like to make this kind of element of surprise of 
is this really reality or not? So it's kind of like it can't be completely distorted, but at the same time, it needs to have, uh, uh, you know, some things that are different, like maybe a little bit of the tone of the color or it has to be a bit different. So when we watch back, we just know that there is a separation. So, yeah, we've been discussing a lot of that and a lot of like how the movement is going to be. There are scenes that are, um, they have movement like shots, but there are other scenes that are very about the edit itself because there's loads of close-ups. So literally there are scenes that there's no, there's no word at all and it's literally visual and it's literally like how the edit can convey a specific emotion, how the edit can uh, make this attraction between these two beings in the room. Literally the reality is just them staring at each other but then what happens is in their minds, you know, I mean, most of the action happens in the mind. I think the fantastical element to it is there is a doubt in the air in the film. Like, who is she? Is she, uh, she is a real person. Is she created in Steve's mind? Is she, um, is she a ghost that curses? You know, we, we don't know exactly what she is. Like we, we have elements of reality, which, we go through our past very briefly because it's a short. Like we hope to do this as a feature one day or even as a pilot um, if this can get to TV. Um, but it's kind of like there's so many things in the past that are very real and they're, you know, they're serious. That's why Parvinda being part of the of the project is amazing because she can also check, uh, fact check what am I doing if I'm portraying this in a wrong way? So there is like a reality to it, but at the same time, we can cross the other side um, and make it a bit more fantastical, a bit more mental, uh, a bit like Shatter Island-ish. Um, so, so it's kind of like, it's kind of like the, the there is a line that you can, you sometimes cross to the other side, sometimes you go back to reality. So it's always on and the it, edge. And that's, it is your position to try, to ensure that the, the, the lines can be clear when you want them to be clear, but blurred when you want the audience. Yeah. I, I completely understand that. Um, you mentioned earlier that one of the things, one of the reasons why as a voice actor, you're doing a lot of the work, you know, your voice actors, it's safer because you're in, in the home as opposed to going to do your commercials where you have to then step out because of COVID and pandemic, et cetera. Um, yeah. When are you planning on shooting this film and what sort of measures are you put, planning on putting in place to keep yourself and the crew safe? Yeah, I'm counting on Parvinder's advice because she did so many films last year uh, during pandemic. She like, did. She was. I just know. Very, she came on the show to tell us about one of her one of her projects. I believe it was Hidden that she was working on, and then she introduced us to someone else who came on to talk about their project, and she's working on that project. And it's like, when woman, there is a lockdown. There, there, there is a, <laughs> there is a sickness going around killing people. What are you doing? Uh, but I need to get woman. her back on the show so we can ask her that question in yeah, person. She's but sorry, a wonder I interrupted woman. you. No, she's a wonder woman. So it's kind of like, and I'm so surprised. I'm so trusting her on this because, I mean, she has proven that, you know, she did all the measures in her productions and everything went so well. Um, and she did like feature films. She did a prime case, which is like a TV, TV pilot. She did Link, who's like a feature. So she did so many. And, and most of them were done last year during pandemic so I, that is one of the elements that makes me confident to do the film and make and makes me 
willing to do the film because I know that these measures are going to be in place that she's going to be she's going to advise me very well about that because you need to have like COVID supervisors you need uh, uh, to do um, kind of production checks um, so it's it's a lot of it's a bigger process that's why we are starting the pre-production very early my idea is to do Previously, I wanted to do it in May, but now because the lockdown and everything and things are opening up, I feel like it's wiser to just postpone a couple of months, like maybe doing it in September, because at least we know until then that the majority of people are going to be vaccinated, hopefully. So I feel it would be a bit silly to start in May when May is the moment that things are starting to open. So I feel like, and you know, even for the actors, I'm thinking about them because because it's a smaller production. We want to ensure that everybody is safe. So we want to make still the tests. Now the testings are getting uh, more free than before. Like before it wasn't free. Now, for example, in a lot of places are free. The consoles are, you know, making things work. So I feel like now it's easier, you know, especially in September. I hope that it's going to be even even a lot easier to, to do the tests all the time and have them secured because most of the scenes although there is no nudity no sexuality like explicit nothing but there is kissings you know which is quite part of the romantic element um that you know you need to be very confident you know and i need to have that confidence to the actors to do that those scenes you know you're touching in the face you know these little touches that meant nothing before now it means a lot there is a lot of risk involved so i want to be sure that they are safe and we're going to do the testings anyway even though everybody is vaccinated i think we are still going to do the test that's my belief um so we will be doing but i think the peace of mind, I think there will be a better peace of mind than now. Um, so, okay. yeah. So if you if you look to shoot in September and as it's, uh, it's a short, um, when do you estimate that the film would then be ready for people to be able to see? OK, so um, normally after September, so September, October, so I would say like three months would be the proper timing. So the end of the year, I think it would be ready. Um, because the editing would be in place, the sound mixing will be in place, the color grading will be in place. Um, and then we will be able to go and run to festivals. Like we want to go to many festivals as possible. Um, there are some festivals here in Portugal that I want to go, like Motel X, which is like one of the biggest here in Lisbon for thrillers uh, and horror film. Um, I also want to go to Fright Fest. You know, I want to go to loads of places um, that are genre related because, you know, thriller has their own audience. Um, or more general ones um, like London, London Short, and you know all that. So I'm I'm going to try try them all and try as much <laughs> as much as I can. Absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, the castings no, no, are up though. Castings okay. are up. The castings are up. So if uh, if anyone who's listening, sorry, I'm just doing promo. No, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a, it's a it's a radio show. So when you move your hands around, people tend not to know what you're doing. So, but, yeah. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> Trust me, I'm enjoying them. I'm enjoying the visual because I can see you. That's great. So it's 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 tickling me, no problem. So it's fine. So no. we talk about the castings. Yes, we'll go about the castings. So the castings are already open. So we have three, two lead characters and one more secondary. So we have Lana, Steve, uh, and the beautiful man, which is like an 
a, a man that will appear that we don't know who he is and is very mysterious. Um, so, so we so, have some, someone maybe maybe uh, maybe a slightly grizzled, uh, dark skin man, but maybe like producer Dave, for example. You maybe. See <laughs> I was actually thinking more. I was actually thinking more of you, Marcus. You know, the face that should be on radio. So you know. <laughs> Oh, why not why not we are open we are open to any ethnicity and and any walks of life so uh we yeah beauty is like international and it's in any color so we are open to everything so um we don't because the, the the film is not in a specific time or a specific place you know it has this kind of open-mindedness of being um inclusive to to diversity which is amazing and and we are taking that into consideration consideration as well in the film so the castings are up so if you guys are actors and would like to be part of it um we posted on monday and all these platforms like pop spotlight and stuff but you guys can also email directly uh, us which is haunted.thriller at gmail.com so if you emailed us you can email us your cv um and we have you we take a look at it we have an amazing casting director verity apton which is great so haunted.thriller at gmail.com haunted.thriller at gmail.com exactly excellent producer <laughs> dave is going to be sending his cv straight in with his with his uh with his his headshot his head prints and everything else and i i think that I, you've you've described producer dave perfectly with that ethereal i can know, see i can see ex exactly. <laughs> thank you <laughs> a beautiful visage just popping up in the screen you i'm only you, you can take that casting down because producer dave <laughs> One quick question I've, I've got is, um, where are you going to be shooting the film? Uh, we're going to shoot it in London, hopefully, or the extension of London. We don't want to go too far away as well, because, I mean, again, we are in the middle of pandemic. We don't want to go like stretch things up. Uh, fortunately or unfortunately, a lot of actors are actually based in London. Um, but we want to give opportunities. So even actors that are not in London that would like to go, we will have a big house. So maybe they can even stay there um, for the shooting. So uh, we don't want to like close doors to everybody, even outside of London, because, you know, talent is talent. And we have to take that into consideration. And that's producer Dave lives in London. So, yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, is there any, if people wanted to follow your film, what social media links to follow? Cool. So social media links. We have uh, our Instagram page, uh, which is haunted underscore film. So haunted underscore film. Um, if you if you go there, we have lives uh, that we do like uh, constantly. So we have lives with the crew. We we don't have lives with the cast yet because we didn't have <laughs> we don't have the cast yet. But we have lives with everybody that is involved. Uh, Sarah, the DOP, Sidney, the writer, you know, Pavinda, the producer, and we also executive producers from America. Uh, we have Catherine and Lucas Ferrara, which they were very generous in our crowdfunding. So we also did um, some lives with them. And we also also post a lot of things like we won already awards um, only with a script. So in the best film awards, we, will, we won the best uh, thriller screenplay. And in the filmatic or screenplay competition, we also been a semifinalist. So already the script is already getting some buzz. So hopefully um, when the film is finished, 
we'll be able to just have already like a good kickstart um, for the project to blossom. Sarah Alves, thank you very much for uh, coming on and talking to us about your film Hidden, which should be coming out pretty soon. It'll also be starring producer Dave. So that will be uh, fantastic. We'll love it if you came back on the show. Tell us more, maybe during the shoot, uh, or maybe we can do another Zoom session. Maybe we're live on the set while we're over Zoom or after when you're finished editing and when you're ready to start circulating it. We'd love to have you back to talk more about it. That was Sarah Alves, uh, who is doing a movie uh, Haunted. Um, I've been I, I rambled too much in the uh, in the film and TV news, so I'm just going to say thank you all very much for having listened. In, you know, thank you for always coming back, downloading podcasts, listening on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're going to have more shows next week. I have been Marcus E. Ako. I'm David Campbell. Saying thank you very much for listening. Speak to you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye.